What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. You can ask me anything and everything about our Catholic faith, from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or what we believe as Catholics, I'm here to help you find answers. If you are a first-time listener, be sure to follow the podcast. You can hit me up uh, with your own questions and comments at www.assistorpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can rate us and review us, uh, share us on your social media platforms, and this helps other people to find out about the show. If it's been good for you, potentially it could be good for them as well. On today's show, we are going to talk about a bachelorette and bachelor parties and whether or not they are okay. And also we're going to talk about the Sunday obligation and uh, particularly whenever we have job requirements. But before we get into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my my glory story is yeah it's really it's twofold. One I um I just had a phenomenal house blessing with one of my school families at Sacred Heart of Jesus. They were I mean, is delightful the appropriate word for a priest to use. They were just delightful. Um, they were super cool. Food was super great. They believed in the power of house blessings. It was just really beautiful. And we had a really, really good conversation about about the saints and about religion class for um, Olivia. She's one of our students. And we talked about um, Fulton Sheen, who Fulton Sheen, as I was talking to the parents, they, they really love his videos and his books. And I was reminded when I was in seminary, I used to devour his stuff. I, I literally would listen to Fulton Sheen audio tapes and watch his videos and I would memorize them. And he... And a few others memorizing their their sermons and their talks is what uh, taught me really how to preach was listening to him sitting at his feet and learning from him, reading everything that he wrote when I was in seminary. So that was, that was beautiful to remember that. But also it was really beautiful today. I was with my nuns, the Mercedarian Sister Blessed Sacrament, and I was talking to Mother Mary Rosario Vega. She is our uh, Mother Superior here in Baton Rouge, and she is the uh, superior of, you know, the house, uh, even here at their ministry of Sacred Heart of Jesus. And one of my desires was to, when I prayed about them coming to Sacred Heart of Jesus, was to open the doors of our church at night and expose the Blessed Sacrament. And I just had this image of the nuns just praying over people uh, in the community, of people just coming in here and doing praise and worship before the Blessed Sacrament, having priests and confessional, obviously the Eucharist on the altar, and inviting people from the streets to come and encounter Jesus. And when Mother... Mary Rosario and I met she this morning she was like hey like I just I really think that we should like pray about doing this and like and she starts sharing it with me I was like mother that was one of the images I had whenever I first invited y'all to come like of what we could be doing together like right have have yeah just expose our community to Jesus in the blessed sacrament expose our community to Jesus Christ in intercessory prayer and praise and worship and the confessional and and uh and, and particularly because we have such a diverse community of religions. Like we have Protestants, we have Catholics, we have non-denoms, mainline Protestants and the new evangelicals. And um, it's such a beautiful way to 
gather for fellowship and prayer together before we bring them to the mass to just pray with them and and pray over each other and pray before the blessed sacrament oh and pray with the word of god and and to watch miracles happen like miracles can be a bridge for people who don't believe to come to believe so yeah man god is doing some amazing things i'm super excited so we will i'll be able to share more details about that when it comes we're going to look at doing it in advent and uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited about watching the Holy Spirit move and watching the, the Father draw people to fall in love with His Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, in the Eucharist and in the Word. It is going to be so, so good for all of our neighbors. Yeah, I, I really think that yeah, this, this is a way we could draw all people from every race, nation, tribe, and tongue uh, to the sacrament of life of the church is, is through praise and worship and through adoration and through intercessory prayer. So. Yeah, that's my glory story is God is, he's, he's on a move. God is doing some major things and I'm super excited to be able to witness it. Yeah. Mm. With that, I want to remind you that if you want to receive show notes, any updates about a podcast, be sure to subscribe to my email list by texting Ask Father Josh to 33777. And now let's jump into today's topics. <laughs> All right, first question uh, comes in from Anonymous, and it says this. I am soon to be married, and my fiance and I have received comments from others about our bachelor and bachelorette parties. Before our engagement, we came to an agreement that we would not have bachelor and bachelorette parties. However, many friends keep asking us to do so, even Catholic friends. What is your opinion on these parties uh, from a Catholic perspective on relationship and marriage? Anonymous. So I think that bachelor parties and bachelorette parties can be a lot of fun. I think they could be holy and they could be virtuous and they could be a great time to celebrate the sacrament that you're about to receive. I remember right before I became a priest, I went on a bachelor party with a bunch of my seminary classmates and we went to North Carolina and we went to the mountains and we hiked for days and we slept on the top of the mountains and we went whitewater rafting and tubing and kayaking and caving and uh, it was just, it was a lot of fun. I remember one particularly embarrassing moment was whenever Father Brad Doyle and I, uh, we woke up extra early when we were on the mountain uh, to go to the top of the mountain. And we were in this like fog and mist and stuff. And I had never been that high on a mountain before. He had many times. So I saw our shadow and I thought our shadow was an angel. Like, I'm like, yo, like I believe in miracles. I've, yeah, just all that. And so I see this, what appears to be an angel. And I was like, oh my goodness, we're, we're, it's like the Mount Tabor transformation experience. We're about to see uh, Moses and Elijah, or Peter, James, and John, or maybe Jesus Christ himself. And Brad's behind me, like waving his hands. And I see his reflection. I think it's an angel. I was like, I, Brad, there's an angel right here in front of us. And he thought I was joking at first. And then he realized I was serious. And so he kept doing it more. And then he finally told me, Josh, that's, that's you and I, that's our reflections in the, uh, in the fog. So uh, it was fun. So I think that, but we prayed while we were there together. We, we had fun. We did outdoor events, sports. We ate burgers. And uh, yeah, it was, just, it was a lot of fun to like just have that time as we prepared to make our promises uh, to the church, to be a spouse of the church. So I think bachelor and bachelor parties can be the same. It could be a time where you gather with your friends to, to prepare for the sacrament, to prepare for the gift uh, of, of matrimony. They don't have to be sinful experiences where we like indulge in sin before we enter into a sacrament. That's a terrible way to prepare for sacrament to like 
engage in mortal sin and to go get drunk and to get wasted and to get high and to hook up or to go to strip clubs. That is not okay. That is not cool. No bueno. Uh, but you can gather with your friends and you can drink some alcohol, right? Don't get wasted. But uh, Jesus drank. Remember the wedding painter, they obviously drank alcohol because they ran out of it. Uh, so you can certainly drink alcohol. You can go to concerts. You can go play sports, go hiking, go out to restaurants, yeah, just do different things that are life-giving for you and, and fun and and will help you to prepare to make a gift of yourself to your to your loved one. But it's not cool to approach a bachelor or bachelorette party as if like, oh man, like you're about to like lose your life because you're making a great gift of yourself. Uh, that that that's not cool. So I've I've been to plenty of bachelor parties where they've been holy and wholesome and fun. We play paintball and yeah, there's just many things that we could do that are are good and true and beautiful. And that could be recommendable. I think that if you have friends who are recommending bachelor and bachelorette parties and they're recommending the sinful kind, then you might want to reexamine your friends. My, uh, our friends are either going to be a bridge for us to go closer to Jesus or they're going to pull us further and further away from Jesus Christ. And so if you want to be a saint, if you want to strive for holiness, I'm not saying you can't hang with some people who aren't disciples yet, but I, I will say we don't prioritize them as like our main crew, especially if we're approaching this sacrament of marriage, because we want friends who are going to hold us accountable to virtue and not be okay with us settling for mediocrity um, in our relationship with God and our relationship with our spouse. So make sure your friends hold you accountable to, to being the best version of yourself, to being a disciple of Jesus Christ in church and outside of church. One of my, one of my friends, like be, uh, the best kind of friend to like walk with is the kind of friend that will not just affirm you and encourage you, but will also check you and correct you when need be. And I appreciate those friends in my life. Uh, in the in the scriptures, like whenever we they had the betrothal period, the party, the wedding party, their purpose was to hold their the groom and the bride accountable to not hooking up. Like they would wash them and guard them so that that way they could stay away from sin. And so you need friends like that who care about your salvation more than they care about just having a good time. So I would say it depends on who your friends are uh, and whether or not you should be going on trips with them in bachelor or bachelorette parties. If you can't trust them that they're not going to just have fun, like, but without being like more morally sinful, then I definitely would not go. Um, but if you can cultivate good, holy friendships with people who care about your salvation and care about your marriage and care about your sacrament, then I definitely think you, you could and should uh, prioritize time with them to prepare for the gift of of marriage. And so, yeah, that's my story. My second question comes in from Kara. Kara says this about her Sunday obligation and job requirements. Say, Father Josh, I love the show. I'm a nurse who is obligated to work every other weekend at the hospital, which means I'm only able to attend mass twice a month on my off days. Any suggestions for professionals who have to work weekends on how to fulfill the obligation to attend mass? Thanks, Kara. Yeah, uh, Kara, a few things. Number one, even if you have to work on weekends, you can still read the readings. You can go on usccb.org and read the daily readings. You can do a spiritual communion. Potentially, you can watch one of the Masses online, being that you can't get out of your job to go to a worship God, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in person. And then I would, if I were you, I would pick another day during the week to be your Sabbath day. So like for me, Sunday is my work day. Sunday, I... I hear confessions and I offer the holy sacrifice of the mass and I do baptisms and I do house blessings and I visit with families after mass and before mass. And, and I'm an introvert. I really am. I know people think that's shocking, but I really am an introvert. And so for me, it takes a lot to like go, go, go to anoint people on Sundays, to visit with people, to, uh, to minister, right? That's like my main day where people are available for me to minister to. And so for the priest, 
my Sunday, though it's obviously the day of worship, the day of the resurrection, that's not my Sabbath day. So I would encourage you to find like another day during the week to like have it as a Sabbath day, as a rest day, where you can just engage in prayer and rest and recreation, being recreated and worship, going to daily mass. And so finding a, a, a mass that works for you that day, maybe doing the holy hour before or after the church and and avoiding work on that day that, is, uh, that isn't life-giving, recreative work. Uh, so I would just encourage you to get creative. So like for me, my, my Sabbath is on Monday, typically. Uh, and so Mondays are my day where I don't do work and I rest and I read a book and I go for a walk around the lakes and I pray with scripture and I celebrate mass by myself. And, um, and it's lovely and I, I love to do that. Obviously, there are numerous angels and saints that every mass to celebrate. Uh, I can't see them though. I, I feel them sometimes, but I don't see them. And so, yeah, so it's just a gift to be able to have that that time Monday be my day with just him, he and I, the Lord and I. Then I, I go grab a meal with a friend or something like that, go out to eat. But making it a day where I'm able to enter into engage the Lord in real rest and recreation. And so I would just encourage you, if you can't do it on Sunday because of your work obligations, then on Sundays, do read the readings from Mass, apply Lexi Divina to those readings. We read, what does it say? Meditate, what does it say to me? Pray, have a conversation with Jesus and contemplate them, sit with the Lord. Maybe watch Father Mike Schmitz on Ascension Presents, uh, listen to his homily and reflect on that. Watch his Mass online or your bishop or whoever you can find online to worship with. And then when you can, uh, during the week, take a full day off and, and go to daily Mass and just be with the Lord. Yeah, that would be that would be my recommendation. I, I totally get it. I understand that sometimes our jobs do not allow us, permit us uh, to not work on Sundays, right? And especially for those people who are who are cops or who are doctors or who are, are nurses. You can't just take off like, well, I'm not going to work today. Uh, and then all of a sudden somebody goes in labor. And you're like, yeah, you better hold that baby to tomorrow because it's my it's my day of rest. Like, nah, you need to get to work and take care of that baby. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I would recommend for you. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to dive into our saints for today's show. Hello, my name is Father Gregory Pine, and I'll be one of your hosts for a new podcast with Ascension called Catholic Classics. Each day, we'll read a section from a spiritual classic and then provide some commentary to help you grow in your life of faith, to help you grow in your life of prayer. For our first season, we'll be reading The Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. You can find your reading plan at ascensionpress.com slash catholicclassics. And we're back. Quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.ascensionpress.com slash Josh. spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also receive our show notes and any updates about our podcast uh, by subscribing to our email list by texting Ask Father Josh to 33777. Our saints for today's show are two. It's two for one. The two became one flesh. This was a couple whose marriage only lasted for about a month. Uh, their names are Saint Timothy and Saint Mara. They uh, they were from Egypt and, and Timothy and, and Mara, they... They fell in love, and he was he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. He was invested in in the Word. He uh, he proclaimed the Word of God at Mass, and he also shared the readings from Mass with the people in his village in Egypt and the people in his community. And as a layperson, he would preach the gospel and he would share Jesus Christ 
with other people. And he did this during a time when Christians were being persecuted. And so Diocletian uh, eventually uh, began to persecute him and his wife. He married Mara when she was 17 years old. And they, they had like a holy, holy marriage, though a short marriage on earth. It was a very holy marriage. And so they were married for 20 days whenever he uh, was persecuted for having the, the books, the books that the Christians were using to evangelize and to form disciples. And so he was abducted and he was tortured and he was encouraged to deny Jesus Christ. He was encouraged to deny the church and he refused to do so. And so after they tortured him in some unimaginable ways, they finally brought his wife to him because they knew she was the love of his life. And they were like, man, if we bring her, then maybe he will, he would denounce the faith. He would denounce Jesus Christ. But even whenever they brought her, he refused to denounce Jesus Christ. And shockingly to them, she would not refuse Jesus Christ or his church either. And so they began to torture her again in ways that I can't even begin to describe. Totally unethical, unimaginable torturous way. I mean, like stuff that is just like, ah, can't, it's terrible. But one of the beautiful things that happened as they were being tortured together, they were nailed to a cross, uh, two separate crosses, but they were allowed to face each other. And so as they face each other crucified, like Jesus Christ, they looked into each other's eyes and they prayed for each other and they, they sang songs with each other. And they, yeah, they, they just, whenever she was, whenever she wasn't doing too well, he would encourage her. Whenever he wasn't doing too well, uh, she would encourage him. And they eventually died as, as martyrs. But it's just beautiful how their faith, not only their marriage, not only uh, helped each other get to heaven, but they eventually, they inspired one of their, their guards who was persecuting them, like Jesus, inspired Dismas to transform the prisoners to his, um, on, his, on his side. And also one of the soldiers who converted, the guard who was persecuting them because he saw their faith, he saw their witness, he also converted. And now they're all saints. Uh, he became a disciple of Jesus Christ as well because of their witness. And that's just the power of like a holy, holy friendships and holy marriages. Whenever we are living out our faith and not compartmentalizing our faith uh, to church on Sundays or to our Bible study or to the Adoration Chapel or to the uh, St. Vincent de Paul Society, but whenever we're living out our faith in the workplace environment and in our neighborhood and at the basketball game and at the bar, when we're being disciples of Jesus Christ, like it has an effect on other people. Other people will witness a holy friendship and they will witness a holy marriage and they'll be inspired by it. And then they could potentially become great saints because of our decision to like <laughs> abide with Jesus at all times and all places and all spaces. So my encouragement to, to you is to not be mediocre, right? To not settle for mediocrity. It's so easy to settle for mediocrity. It's so easy to get caught up in just like being an I Christian, an I disciple. But we need radical disciples. We need saints who are on fire for Jesus Christ and who are willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of salvation of souls. So my encouragement to you is to to imitate uh, these saints, Timothy and Mara, and allow their witness to draw us to be radical, to be radical witnesses of the gospel. So saints, Timothy and Mara, we invite you to pray for us. With that, I'm going to go ahead and sign off, and I cannot wait to see you next week. Deuces. Thank you.